one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett led an elite group of scientists into the desert to develop a top-secret project known as Quantum Leap. Pressured to prove his theories or lose funding, Dr. Beckett prematurely stepped into the project accelerator. of a cosmic clock, I went from quantum physicist to Air Force test pilot, which could have been fun if I knew how to fly. Fortunately, I had help, an observer from the project named Al. Unfortunately, Al's a hologram, so all they can lend is moral support. Anyway, here I am, bouncing around in time, putting things right that once went wrong. A sort of time-traveling Lone Ranger with Al as my tanto, and I don't even need a mask. You are listening to the Quantum Leap Podcast. This is episode four, How the Test Was Won. Well, according to Ziggy, there's a 72% chance you're here to cure the pig. For a minute, I thought I was here to marry Tess. (laughs) Oh. Well, uh, there's a 97% probability that someone who's been sending her love letters will marry Tess. Well, uh then I'm okay because this is a diary it's not love letters don't fight it Sam then you're here to take me on Doc that's right Tess I'm here to take you on Yahoo boys got us a contest one last test shoot you want to marry me Doc ride Widowmaker buddy yeah Doc uh why don't you try Peggy Sue it it might sound a little better (laughs) all right Hello, and welcome to the Quantum Leap Podcast. My name is Albie. And I'm Heather. We're glad to have you with us today as we talk about Season 1, Episode 5 of Quantum Leap, which aired on April 14th, 1989, entitled How the Test Was Won. Heather, first impressions of this episode, what do you think? Um, I like this one. I'm not as, as much of a tomboy as uh, Tess was, but it was good. It was good to see. It was nice to see her challenge him and him have to like raise up to the challenges and... I also liked the little piggy story. That was cute because little pigs are cute, but they were all trying to shoot it and I felt really bad. <laughs> but no, I like this one. It was, it was, it was different than um, anything I expected from this show, but I liked it. What about you? I too liked the uh, little piggy story. You like pigs. I love pigs. They're so cute. At first I thought it was kind of cheesy because it's like, let's do a cowboy story or let's do a rodeo story. But as the episode went on, I really liked the whole story arc Tess was going through. And I liked the building to the ending that we didn't even realize there was until we got there. Right. I totally didn't see the ending coming. But, and I like when that happens. I like when it's like out of the blue, something that you've been watching kind of on the side but not paying attention to ends up being the point of the story, which was really cool. Before we get too much into it, could you read us the episode recap? Sure. This is Season 1, Episode 5, How the Test Was Won. Original broadcast date, April 14th, 1989. Written by Deborah Arakalian, directed by Ivan Dixon. Sam leaps into dock while standing in a muddy pig pen and carrying a sick, screaming piglet. As Sam attempts to subdue the piglet, he overhears the ranch owner, Chance, arguing with his daughter, Tess. Chance implores Tess to get married and produce heirs so that the ranch may continue running into the future. 
Tess, an accomplished cowgirl, is adamantly opposed to marriage. However, she agrees to marry any man who can beat her in a cowboy contest, though retains the right to choose her competitor. She picks Sam, convinced that his counterpart, Doc, has no chance of beating her. Chance approaches Sam with the offer, but Sam flatly refuses and takes the sick piglet home with him. As Sam arrives at Doc's home, a boy, who is sitting on the porch and playing a guitar, tells Sam he has completed all of his chores. Sam thanks him and sends him on his way. Though the boy is offended that Sam refers to him as Pard, which is actually the name of the boy's dog. Sam nurses the piglet with a bottle of milk when Al shows up. Sam is surprised that the other animals in Doc's home can see Al. Sam hopes his mission is as simple as curing the pig, as he was afraid he might have to enter the contest in order to marry Tess. Al tells him Ziggy is pretending that Tess will marry a man who writes her love letters. Sam stumbles through Doc's drawer and discovers that Doc has written a journal with passages revealing his love for Tess. Though Sam argues that it is a journal, not love letters, Al tells him this is proof that Doc is destined to marry Tess. Sam returns to the ranch the next day to take part in the contest against Tess. Wayne, a cowboy who works on the ranch and who holds a clear disdain for Sam, tricks him into riding Tess's prize stallion, Widowmaker. However, Widowmaker proves impossible to handle and throws Sam off instantly. Wayne helps Sam up and insists that his trick was simply cowboy humor. Tess saddles up into Widowmaker and says that she is the only person who can successfully ride the stallion. The first stage of the contest is roping and wrangling cattle, which Tess wins easily. Wayne gives Sam a few tips about how to rope the cattle and Sam goes out to do so but fails miserably. Chance sympathizes with Sam and corrects Sam's technique. Sam is able to catch one of the calves until it manages to escape suddenly and he lets out a yell. Sam pretends to have had his thumb yanked off until he reveals to startled Wayne that his thumb is fine and his stunt was simply playing a bit of cowboy humor. That evening, Sam and Tess are competing in poker playing. Al says that Wayne is palming aces and eights Sam accuses Wayne of cheating, and Wayne rises up in anger. Chance overturns Wayne's cards to reveal that Sam's accusation was wrong. As Wayne is about to fight Sam, Tess pulls him away to the bar. Sam looks at Tess's cards and sees that Tess was the one holding the aces and eights. Tess tells Wayne she does not need him to win the contest, but Wayne is unsure, as he believes Sam to be a more formidable opponent than he thought. The next day, Tess and Sam are participating in a pole digging contest in the hot sun. Tess becomes overheated and collapses from exhaustion. Sam takes her back to his place and cools her down by stripping off her clothes down to her underwear. Tess awakens and, misinterpreting Sam's actions, punches him in the face. Sam insists that he is trying to help and asks that she trust him. Tess reluctantly accepts his help. While Tess waits at his place for an overhead storm to pass, Sam convinces her to dance with him. As the two are about to kiss, Tess pulls away. She concedes that the contest is a tie, but that since the object was for Sam to win outright, he has effectively lost. Sam asks for a tiebreaker, and Tess tells him to ride Widowmaker. Assuming that he will not do so, Tess leaves and cries as she drives away. The next morning, Sam takes Widowmaker out into the pen to ride her. He tries to get Al to distract the animal so he can keep control. However, Al is called away, and Sam is left to ride the stallion alone. Nonetheless, Sam manages to get control and ride the animal successfully with Chance and Tess watching on. Sam tells them he rode Widowmaker to prove he could do it, not for Tess to marry him. Sam is convinced that Tess must marry him out of choice, not coercion. So he gathers Doc's journal to give to her. Tess is flattered and surprised to discover Doc's infatuation for her. She asks him to dance with her, seemingly accepting the idea that they are to be married. However, Wayne appears outside the house. He confesses his own feelings for Tess and produces unsent love letters that he wrote for her. Sam realizes that Ziggy's prediction was true, that Tess would marry a man who wrote her love letters, and that, in fact, Wayne was her true suitor all along. 
As Tess and Wayne go off to get married, Sam remains at his place tending to the now-cured piglet. The piglet races off into the front yard, while Sam calls Piggy Suey after it. The boy on the porch suddenly begins playing his guitar and incorporating the words Piggy Suey into a song. Sam and Al look at one another knowingly, now realizing that the boy's identity is that of a young buddy Holly. Sam tells him that the lyrics Peggy Sue might sound better, and with that, Sam leaps. Well, thank you so much, Heather. That was great. You're welcome. Anytime. Anytime? <laughs> I like that when Sam leaped this time, he wasn't like, where am I? What's going on? He kind of figured, ah, I got the idea. I'm with the program now. I'm here. I just got to figure out who I am. And he's watching two people argue and he's getting a kick out of it. And n- nothing's phasing him. He's in a pile of mud with a pig and he's not phased at all. Like That was cool. I like that. Yeah, he's used to the craziness of it. I thought it was weird at first that she was calling her dad by his name chance mm-hmm. at first i didn't think it was her dad but then as the argument continued i realized it was her dad and she's calling him chance i still don't know why maybe she's just trying to be tough and fit in and not be like the boss's daughter yeah i think it has a tough thing to it yeah she, like daddy is too weak makes her seem like a girl which is okay i think because she's a girl well but when you don't get raised with a mom around i, th- I think that happens a lot at least it does in movies when the mom's on the picture, you often end up with a tomboy. I don't understand the whole tomboy thing. Never did. Well, you're a boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's because back then, especially uh, when women were trying to be strong, they tried to emulate men because men were viewed as stronger. Right. Well, see, I was never really a tomboy, but I had two brothers and a whole bunch of boy cousins. So I played baseball. I just did whatever they did because I didn't have any other like girls in the family. But I wasn't this bad. (laughs) She was pretty, she was like tomboy to the extreme. The part that bothered me in the beginning was that everybody was ready to shoot the pig. (laughs) I was like, really? They looked eager to do it. Like, hey, we get to shoot pigs. Yeah, like, oh, baby pig, let's shoot him. What? No, 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 baby pig. No, that's why you have a vet on staff. Right, right. And I I like that Sam was like, no, 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 no. No, I got this. It's going to be okay. And then later he was like, it's not hog cholera to pard or... Buddy. Yeah, we'll call him buddy. Well, I Um, think he called... Like, I think that's what he called him. Yeah. He said buddy. But I think they knew by then when he said buddy. Yeah. But at least he answered to it. So it was like a confirmation. I don't know if you subscribe to PETA. Like, they'll send you emails and stuff. I had to unsubscribe because I'm totally for the cause and, you know, no harm to animals. But they keep sending you these horrible videos about the horrible things that farmers do to animals. And I just couldn't see anymore. It's like, okay, I got it. I could not live on a farm. I couldn't do it. I get way too attached. That's why I currently don't have any pets because I get way too attached. And if anything were to happen, I would cry for a while. Yes, you wouldn't be excited to shoot them. Well, no. And, and... It just, even if they got sick, I would still be sad, but I would not be excited to shoot a baby pig. No, veterinarians, that's what they're for. Right. That and doing underground surgery, if need be. (laughs) I really got a kick out of when I was watching this episode for the second time in, well, I guess the third time, but second time in recent history, Um, because then I knew the dog was named Pard and that he was barking every time he said Pard, like, yeah, you're talking to me, what? But, you know, the first the first viewing, I had no idea the dog's name was Pard. So, and, you know, until Buddy said later, come on, Pard. But now when I rewatch it, every time 
Sam calls Buddy Pard and the dog answers with a bark, I just giggle. Yeah, and the kid's face is like, um, how did you forget my name? Did you notice this episode? As I was talking about a couple episodes back about that sound when he appears, saving on visual effects, they did that in this episode because Al was standing on the porch with Sam, but he wasn't in the frame. And then they played the sound and then they panned over to Al for a two shot. Yes, I did notice that. So I think they planned that from the beginning, like, because back then, especially, they're like, this is how much we have. And like, special effects were very expensive, even though they weren't so good. Um, Like people looked like they were like stickers stuck on something. But that's just the technology of the time. But they already had figured out that they can't afford to do it all the time. So this is a good way to get you conditioned. Like the first few episodes, they did it every time. So again, so you could get conditioned to it. But then now you just, oh, Al appeared, but he didn't. They just panned over to show him. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, like your brain knows now. So I think it's funny that Al is freaking out in this episode. Freaking out because he thinks his girlfriend is cheating on him, which he's been cheating this whole show so far. The biggest accusers of cheating are often the cheaters themselves. Like usually if you don't trust the person you're with, it's because you're doing something untrustworthy. So I think it's funny because he is freaking out that she's doing the same thing that he was he's been doing the whole time. He was a little insecure. A tad, yeah. And and it's funny because you look at Sam's face and he's like, that's crazy that she's cheating on you when you've been cheating on her this whole time. Yeah. So did it end up that she was cheating on him? I know that they're back together. They worked it out. Which is good. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to stop cheating. Probably not. Probably not. Even in his dreams, he's like, no, Tina, there's no one in the closet. I get once a cheater, always a cheater. Is that what they say? Yes, so I am nunce a cheater. Yeah, I, I think yeah. once you go there, you don't come back. That's what I hear, so I, I don't go there. Right, exactly. It's good. Good, I, good thinking. I'm very happy. I'm so glad to hear that. How can the animals see Al? I know that in every leap, there's at least one animal that sees Al, but all the animals see him. And if he's a neurological hologram, I don't understand. Because he's basically in Sam's mind, right? So... <laughs> Explain this one to me, because how do the animals see something that's in Sam's mind? My understanding, and I don't think this is spoilery, but from watching the series before, is that when they broadcast the neurological waves, they're specifically tuned to Sam's brain. But since the animals have assumed to be more limited brain, they pick up the signal like as a noise, so they can kind of see Al. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I, I'll take that. I was just I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay, if this is supposed to be in Al's brain, that's like if I had an imaginary friend, my cat would see my imaginary friend because what? <laughs> like I was confused, but I like your explanation. Yeah. I, I will take that. Al's not imaginary and neither is Snuffleupagus. I love Snuffleupagus. Who doesn't? Why don't they make a Snuffleupagus plush? Same reason they don't make a Pete plush. I think we're getting off topic. We definitely are. If you grew up on a farm... You would have a pretty good handle on horses and pigs and all that stuff. It's a good thing he grew up on a farm because he at least had some kind of knowledge. Like if I had leaped into that scenario, I'd be like, uh, I quit. I don't know anything about horses. I mean, I've ridden horses before with the assistance of other people. And I've, I worked at a ranch for like a year. In Hidden Valley? No, in New Jersey. Like took care of the scooping of the stuff and the taking care of the animals you know it was fun but i would not be able to take care of do what he did so it's a good thing that he grew up on a farm because 
if he hadn't, if we hadn't known that already, you know what I mean? Like they had to throw that in previously because if we hadn't known that, I would have not understood how he could have been as good as he was. And he wasn't even that great. (laughs) But better than the average you or me. Exactly. So when you were on this farm, did you shoot pigs? No, 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 no. I had to chase a goat once. I, uh, that sounds like some kind of drug problem. I'm chasing the goat. I don't know. <laughs> it's code. It's code for something. Probably will be now. Well, no. Um, we had like a traveling petting zoo kind of thing. And we'd go, we, we went to this like fall celebration thing. And me and this other kid were supposed to be in charge of the petting zoo, which was basically like a gated area that like kids could just like come in and hang out with like the bunnies and goats and stuff. And one of the goats had, they have these really long horns with points at the end. And he used his horn and opened the door and got out into the parking lot. And I had to chase this fat little goat and get him back inside. I was so scared. Were you the only one there or was the boss just like, go chase the goat? Well, we had like a pony ride thing and we had the animals at the petting zoo. So everybody was doing something. There wasn't anybody like watching over. So it was supposed to be me. And I want to say the kid was like somebody's son that owned the ranch, maybe. He was somebody. And he was off like flirting with some girl. So I was manning the petting zoo. And I want to say I was like 12. <laughs> like, who puts a 12-year-old in front of, in, in charge of a petting zoo? But anyway, so I had to leave the petting zoo with the kids inside because they didn't know a random boy, child who was flirting with some chick somewhere. I didn't know where he was, so I'm, like, trying to watch the children yell for help and chase a goat in between two cars, hoping he doesn't scratch any cars with his horns. Were any animals harmed in that? No, no. The the goat was fine. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, it was really... That was, like, the coolest thing ever, doing pony rides and stuff. It was awesome. And that was totally off topic. I totally forgot about that until just now. Well, not off topic, I, I guess. We're talking about pigs and horses and stuff. I didn't figure out that Wayne was trying to trick Sam, Doc, to get on Widowmaker until, of course, I rewatched the episode. Because I don't pay attention to, I got this one, you get that one. I didn't think anything of it when he did it. But rewatching it, I'm like, how how mean is that? Yeah, I didn't. Well, I mean, I hadn't watched it previously. I'm the newbie here. So I didn't even think anything of it. I just thought he was like giving him a horse. Like, here, you go ride this one. It was great to see Sam know what he was doing while Wayne was telling him to dally his rope and all this stuff. And even Tess set it up for us that he's going to hurt his thumb if he doesn't do something right. And uh, none of them knew. And I I didn't remember at the time that Sam had grown up on a farm. Like, I know, but I wasn't thinking about it. And to see that he ended up tricking Wayne and doing the thumb trick where your thumb comes off your finger that was just i laughed every time i I think i'll still laugh next time i watch it yeah that was really cool see i remembered that he was on a farm when wayne was explaining it to him i was trying to figure out why sam wasn't like no no no, i got this because obviously he's done it before but he wasn't that great so maybe he hadn't roped cattle before i'm not sure well that's where the swiss cheese brain always comes in handy because he can remember stuff or not remember stuff and we don't know if he's gonna until we find out i think i'm gonna start using that excuse sorry my brain is swiss cheesed sorry i've traveled too much in the into the past i'm back now though it's i'm i survived i'm good my brain doesn't work though as well as it used to little swiss cheesed yeah so you know when i forget things i'm gonna be like it's the time travel my bad How did you catch Al saying his second most favorite organ was his heart? (laughs) That was really funny. I love what they could get away with back then. 
even more than today or a little bit ago. Back then, people didn't have as much problem with stuff. Like when they overreacted about the Super Bowl and Janet Jackson, TV went to rated G on everything. They went from innuendos. Like that was like a subtle innuendo. Like if you didn't know, you didn't know. But like, now they're trying to make it more obvious. So you, they're they're going away from the innuendos, I think, now. And that's why you don't see that as much. I think How I Met Your Mother is probably one of the leading examples of they're pushing it to the limit, and uh, I enjoy that. When I was watching it as a kid, I totally didn't get the innuendos, so that doesn't bother anybody, I don't think. Because if you know, you know, like you said. Did I ever tell you that I watched Lion King when I was, I think, in middle school? And I laughed at all the jokes I didn't get when I was a kid. (laughs) Like, I didn't even know there were older jokes. I mean, they're so lame. They're not, like... I mean, they don't really have anything. They're not bad, but just stuff that I didn't even get when I was a kid. I think they definitely have two layers of humor, at least just because as a kid, you can enjoy it and love the movie. And then as an adult, when you're watching with your kids, you get a whole new side of it. But they're on purpose, I think. Well, it's to keep, I think, both crowds entertained. But see, something like what Al said, his second most favorite organ was his heart. A kid would think nothing of it. I mean, like, they wouldn't even analyze the sentence, let alone know what it meant. Right, because he could be talking about his liver because he's a drinker. He could be talking about his skin because without skin, it really hurts. He could be talking <laughs> Love about... Love my skin. <laughs> well, think about it. No eyelids? How are you going to get any sleep? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so what organ do you think he was talking about? I think we're going to skip that part because I don't, this is a family show. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> See, the kids in the backseat have no idea what we're talking about. Exactly. The, the parents are getting a little worried up front. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> it's okay. We're going to keep it clean. <laughs> They're like, maybe we should stop this one. We'll listen to this one later. Sam and the Kamikaze Kid had great pants, right? I'm still thinking about those pants, trying to look for them in a the thrift store. I have not yet got them. But in this episode, he was wearing such unflattering jeans. Well, those are the ones that are really high-waisted and that kind of stopped being popular in the 90s. They were just two sizes too big, and uh, Doc was thinner than him, I think, but I guess that was the option. You either had small, medium, or large jeans, not, I guess, one of every size. I don't know. Okay, something for you. Did you notice? I know on our last podcast, um, you were really excited when certain people had their shirt off. Jason Amar. Yes. (laughs) What did you think of Scott Pacula with his shirt off? Not bad. Not too shabby, buddy. He looked pretty good. But see, again, that was totally not Doc's body. That was Sam's body. Right. (laughs) Tess overheating in the sun. About a couple months ago, that happened to me. So I exactly knew what she was going through. And I think that's how I looked while I was falling down. Well, when you wear black shirt and jeans in the sun while you're trying to fix your car, probably not a good idea in Florida in the middle of summer. Just like Tess digging holes with jeans and (laughs) layers of clothing in the sun. It's just not a bright idea. No, she was trying to be tough. And Sam says there's things that a man can do better than a woman. I disagree. I think he handled the heat better because he had his shirt off and he was drinking water. Right. Um, I mean, I totally know that there are things that women can do better. Childbirth, of course. Find things. Find things. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) If the world was all men, besides dying out, we would lose everything. (laughs) Where are my socks? I admit this. Um, I don't know. I think sometimes men handle situations better sometimes women overreact more but i don't think it's a general statement because some women handle things better than other women and some men handle things better than other men so i don't think it's a general stereotype that's true 
I agree. I think a woman can do anything a man can do, you know. I can do anything. You can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. <laughs> I said, no, you can't. That's no, I didn't hear that. part of the song. Yes, I can. <laughs> Does being a medical doctor give you the right to just rip women's clothes off? Yes. I mean. <laughs> really? <laughs> I picked the wrong career. <laughs> well, in this instance, yes, because he was trying to save her life. Agreed. Don't they have those shirts that's like, trust me, I'm the doctor. Trust me, I'm a, a doctor or the doctor. The doctor. If you're the doctor, you can rip my clothes out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> family show, family show. <laughs> Back it up. <laughs> so he talks to himself after he says, fetch me a fan. And he says to himself, fetch. Now I'm talking like them. Yeah, because you don't say fetch me a fan. You go, hey, can you go grab that fan over there? I think this is further evidence of the uh, remnants of the person he leaps into being in his brain somewhere. Right. Well, I mean, he's in their body. I'm sure there's some. He says, get me some water and salt in it. Was that like 1950s medicine or is that real thing? I know it's uh, because I know if you drink salt water, like if you're on a raft or something, you'll dehydrate quicker and die. So they say don't. That's where my brain went for that. I was sitting there and after he said that, I was like, wait. I thought that that dehydrates you more because my understanding when I first watched the episode was that in your cells, when you consume salt, it draws the water out of your cells. So I thought that would be a bad thing. But then I Googled. Oh, okay. I Googled and realized that I was wrong. What I found was heat exhaustion occurs when someone sweats a lot and does not replenish the salt and water that was lost through sweating. Drink water or water with salt added, half teaspoon per quart of water, if you sweat a lot. Beverages such as Gatorade are helpful too. Alcohol and caffeine increase fluid loss, but salty foods can help retain fluids. Ah, so basically what they're saying is like Brondo has got what plants crave, electrolytes. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Feed all the plants Gatorade, but it's got electrolytes. It's what plants crave. I already mentioned the jeans, but the underwear for both male and females in the 50s, horrible. For real, dude. They are not okay. They just look, there's there's way too much of it. It just doesn't, it's not flattering. Right. And uh, like women today in underwear, I don't think they could put that on TV as much. I don't think there's much there now. Yeah. Because it's hot outside. I think our civilization has become a lot different than back then too. So Piggy had allergies, uh... Probably my favorite storyline in this whole episode was just Piggy. Thought he was so cute. Well, her. It turns out it's a her because Al saw. But Sam even double-checked. That was kind of weird. He's like, don't just trust me. Just trust me. Why, um, did Sal, why did Al know the gender of the pig from across the room? Well, I think he might have saw earlier. Oh. That was my guess. If not, he's got some special pig identifying power. He's just such a ladies' man. He can spot the women from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Potential prospects, you know. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I liked it so much because I had a pet pig at one point. Did you really? Yeah, somebody owed me money. And <laughs> so it's a good start to a story. <laughs> well, most everybody owes me money because if people say, can I borrow money? And I go, here, here's some money. Because I just, you know, feel bad or whatever. That doesn't mean send me an email. <laughs> uh, please send me money. We're working on it and he's no longer like that. <laughs> okay. Maybe a little bit sometimes. If the guys look scary when I'm coming out like a meeting store at night, I'm like, here, buddy, here's 10 bucks. No, he's not. He's really not any scared anymore. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Don't, I don't do that. I don't do that. But uh, the guy owed me money and he said he didn't have any money, but he had a pet pig. And if I wanted it, it was like a pink farm pig. 
probably a few months old. It was really small, like a cat, I'd say, smaller than a cat. And I was like, sure, I'll take a pig. So for a year, I had a pink farm pig running around my house, eating all kinds of canned vegetables and different things, because I think I was vegetarian then. Did you take him out of the can first? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but uh, he was great. I guess like a dog, very smart, you know, but no sweat glands, so they don't get too dirty. But I still bathe them a lot. But uh, one of my favorite pets of all time. Did you bathe them in mud? No. It was soapy water, bubble bath. That's awesome. I've never owned a pig. Very smart. And he was already trained when I got him. So he would just like scratch at the door and I'd let him go out in the backyard and he'd come back in. So I have an affinity for pigs. I think pigs are cute, but the only pigs I've really seen up close are like the big, huge, smelly ones. And they're not smelly. They're only smelly if you don't bathe them, yeah. No, no. Pigs are awesome. They're cute. I had to get rid of him because he got up to about 300, 350 pounds and he would still jump up on the couch and jump up on my waterbed, which is very dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, let's not do this. Not a teacup pig, not a miniature pig. It was a farm pig. Very smart. Really? See, I I mean, I don't doubt that, but I, I guess I just never considered them to be intelligent animals. Tess was scared of thunder and lightning and moved closer to Doc Sam. At this point in the episode, I think that she was really liking him. Yeah, but she was in denial. Was she in denial or was she just trying to act tough? Well, both. Because she was acting tough, she was in denial that she had feelings for him. Which is so weird that she just like up and left him for Wayne. I don't agree with that choice she made. Well, I mean, it doesn't really affect Sam because it's not really his thing. It's not his future. But I know that Sam liked her. Yeah, uh, Sam's been falling for these girls and he seems to have a different girl every episode. Just like Al. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) well, I wonder if Tess fell for Sam instead of Doc, because we don't know what Doc's personality was like. That's true. He might have just been having a good week. Right. Like in the Professor episode, we knew he was a sleazeball because everybody said he was a sleazeball. But in this episode, you didn't really, it it, kind of seemed like nobody really knew Doc. Like, he was a quiet person and didn't really... So I think that Sam's personality was a lot different than Doc's. And I think she fell for Sam, not Doc. In this episode, we didn't get to know Doc, really. I mean, we didn't read Doc's journal. Sam did. But they didn't really give us details about his personality before Sam was there. The vibe that I got off of the people on the farm was that they didn't really know Doc that well. The only one who really did was Buddy, but he didn't really say much... Anyway, I mean, he acted like, hey, thanks for not knowing my name. But Doc seemed like a nice guy, but I think maybe he was shy. And I think that Tess fell for Sam instead because Sam was under the impression that they were supposed to be together. So Sam was pushing the issue a little bit and was more outgoing than I think Doc would have been. Even though I I think that Sam and her would have been cute together, I don't know if Doc and her would have been okay. So that's why it's okay that she just kind of up and left him for Wayne, even though I still think it's weird. Sam calls Tess out on the cheating at poker, and he really thought that she was in on it with Wayne. But like, how could you, how could he think that she was in on it, especially from all her reactions? Well, I think he was just shocked. I think that he was shocked that it was her cards that were, because I, I think that he could expect it from Wayne, especially after the prank with the horse and all that stuff. Um... But I think that he was just shocked and hurt. Not, I mean, not as, maybe not as far as hurt, but definitely shocked that Tess's cards were the ones that were the cheating cards. Aces and eights. That seems to be a popular thing that I don't know about, but I hear it a lot. I don't know how to play poker. But like aces and kings would be better than aces and eights, but everybody says aces and eights. 
when I had a Nintendo DS, I played Luigi Poker. That was the extent of my poker, like, experience. Did you win? A lot. I did. It was um, one of those, like, side games in the Mario game. <laughs> I'm that cool. You are. So Sam admits to himself and Piggy that he likes Tess. I, they definitely had chemistry. I think it's cool that he admitted to the pig. Yeah, he's talking to the pig. Pigs are smart. I think that's part of the reason why he was talking to whoever's controlling his leaping, that, you know, it's not fair to him if uh, he made right what once went wrong. You know, get me out of here now because I'm falling for her. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Whoever's listening. Yeah, that that makes sense, too. It's funny that all of that was for nothing in the end, and all he had to do was help Buddy Holly write a song. Driving home from Doc's after the heat exhaustion, the thunder, and all that stuff, she's crying to herself. Driving and crying. Sucks to drive and cry. I know, but, you know, we've all done it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why do you think Tess was crying? Because she likes Doc or Sam. And she didn't think that he was going to ride Widowmaker. So she didn't think that they were going to get together. She thought it was over at that point. Right. And she was upset that she wasn't going to be with anybody. Right. I think part of it was she tries to act tough, of course, in front of everybody. But she's a real person. And real people have real emotions. And she was getting involved and pretty much... She got dumped, but not by Sam or Doc, but by the situation. Yeah, it was her choice. I mean, he went to kiss her and she pulled back. So when it comes to relationships, I don't think girls know what they want sometimes. Well, I guess that goes for everybody. Nobody really knows what they want. They think they know what they want. And then they're like stubborn and like she was just stubborn and hard headed for this whole thing. And she wanted someone to love her and be there for her, but she was too tough to fall in love. And I think that she was upset because she screwed it up and she was wanted to be like, no, I really want to be with you and don't listen to a word that I'm saying. You know, she wanted him to be like, no, I'm going to fight for you, which he ended up doing anyway, but for nothing. I thought it sucked that she was acting tough instead of following her heart. Yeah, but that happens a lot. I mean, a lot of the times you try to make the right decision and it's not the right decision. It looked like uh, she was being weak maybe because she's a girl and crying, but a little guy secret. uh, Guys cry too. Guys have emotions. They don't, people don't think they do because they act like they don't. I know. Well, some guys probably don't. I don't believe you. But it's true. Guys have emotions. I don't think so. Okay. I think they shut them off like vampires. Just shut them off. Vampires. Sorry. Show crossover. (laughs) (laughs) I think earlier in the episode when Al was being seen by the animals and talking to them and kind of interacting with them, I think we got the payoff on that when later on he was being a horse whisperer. I think they did really good with the stuntmen in this episode on the horses. The only part that was really bad was when Sam was obviously in the studio and he was on, I'd want to say a mechanical bull, and they literally had a blue sheet up with some spray painted white clouds on it. And it was like three shots, you know, for the close-ups. Because, of course, that'll work on, again, the small old TV. But watching it in high def, it was just like... It was bad. It was... it was. It, I'd say the worst part of the episode, because that's the only part that really took me out of the episode. Yeah, I was... I, that was one of the things I, I was going to say, because you could tell, even like the camera angle, the lighting, it was all wrong. The entire shot was so bad that the second time I watched it, I even laughed at it, because it was... Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I'm thinking that they just needed the close-up shots and they went back and shot it in, you know, an office somewhere. I don't know. Maybe a studio. Maybe. <laughs> Not really sure where. But, in a van. <laughs> like yeah. Nothing's ever perfect. But that was the only thing that caught me 
kind of funny on this episode. Would not be able to get away with that now. No. Uh, when they remastered for Blu-ray, they should go ahead and fix that. Yeah. Just, just a heads up. Whoever is going to remaster the Blu-ray, I'm just letting you know, you're going to have to fix that. We offer our services for audio commentaries. Yes, of course. Why does Sam keep turning down Tess every time he's offered Tess? He's like, no, I just wanted to win the contest. I don't want your daughter. Because he's not going to take her as a prize. He wants her to want him. I don't know. To me, it was like he didn't want her. No, no, no. Because he said, I'm not going to marry her because I rode a horse, basically. Like, if she wants to marry me, then let's get married. But I'm not going to marry her. Like, I'm not going to take her as my wife because I rode a horse. Like, that's stupid. I understand now. I just thought he was playing hard to get or something. Well, at first, I mean, there's some of that, too. But, like, even in the beginning, it was like, I'll take the pig, you keep the girl or whatever. Right, right, right. Sam is not the kind of person to just take a woman as possession. And that's kind of what it was. Like, it was like he was trying to sell him a cow and he was like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, that's how the dad was handling the situation. And Tess was too. Tess was handling it the same way. She's like, well, you won. So I now have to be your wife. My thought on Sam's point of view is that he was like, she should be happy. Because I don't think he would have taken her as his wife if she didn't want to be his wife. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So Sam finds the journal all about Tess that Doc had. And as part of a way to explain to Tess, this is after Tess comes back to his house, and uh, kind of a way to explain to Tess how he feels, he gave her the journal about her. Now, if a guy gave you a journal all about how he felt about you, would you be like, ooh, that's romantic? Or would you be like, creepy? Depends on if I liked them back. Like, if some Scott Bakula dude gave me... A journal saying blah 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 uh, what is this wow okay well see it depends on who it is it depends on who it is because like this not stalkerish this is this is romantic even when i pasted my head in on other people's bodies next to you it's kind of cute <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um <laughs> yeah well if some like a random guy was like, hi, I've been watching you for a really long time and here, I mean, they work together, but. Right. So he, he wasn't stalking her from afar. They, right. they, they were friends, let's say, coworkers. Right. So it so could have gone either way. Right. It, it, it totally, there's a fine line. Definitely a fine line. Since she was already in love, let's say, with him and crying in the car and all that stuff. Yeah. But like five minutes later, she forgot about him. So. Horrible. I know. Bad choice. But it's okay because Scott Bakula <laughs> leapt and forgot right. about her anyway. <laughs> I, I honestly think the whole storyline with Wayne actually marrying Tess was just so we could have the surprise ending with Buddy Holly. Right. Because if he got Tess and the doc together, there would be no Buddy Holly leap ending. So it was worth it. Yeah, I I liked that. And like I said in the beginning, I really liked that ending. The way I expected the episode to end was she was going to dance with Wayne and be like, no, I don't really feel anything, blah, blah. I want to be with Doc. And then they get together and they get married and then he leaps. Like, that's what I thought. I totally didn't see the whole Buddy Holly thing happening. So you liked the Buddy Holly ending? Yeah, I was like when I'm surprised. I still get chills every time I see that part, even though I know it's coming. When I saw it the first time when I was a teenager, I was, I was like, wow. It just surprised me, and I enjoyed it so much. And I actually got into Buddy Holly for a while because of it. Wow, that's really cool. Um, I had no idea. 
You're you are like the crazy TV watcher though that can guess the ending three seconds into any TV show. So when someone shocks you, they did good. Uh, I have a really good chance of guessing who the person is on Castle. Well, yeah, they have a they have a formula most of the time. It's either one of two things: the first person they interview, or the most famous person in the episode that's a guest star. If you'd like to hear us talk about Castle in the future, <laughs> we're going to announce that soon. <laughs> we keep hinting. Okay. How about the dancing and the passionate kiss at the end of the episode? Was that not a hot kiss or what? Yeah, that was that was pretty. Uh, that was very romantic, I think, because she said she doesn't dance. Yeah. But then he took her hand and they danced. And it was funny how Sam was saying that Wayne was dancing like Sam did when he was like a little kid. <laughs> how did Wayne win? Because she loved Wayne. She loved Wayne more than Doc because she had just met Doc and fell for Doc, but she had a longing for Wayne previously. Well, okay, that I'm a little confused about because Wayne had been writing her love letters. Did she not know about them? I'm confused. Maybe Doc just opened her eyes to the fact that she could marry whoever she wanted to marry. Is that crazy? Two guys in one day give you all their letters and scrapbooks about how much they love you. Do you run at that point? And you're like... Okay, crazy men. I'm going to leave now because y'all are a little too close. <laughs> she never considered big of me. Big of me, it's big of you. <laughs> okay, I've admitted before on this show that I am not very good at math. But Wayne says, while he's pouring his heart out to test, that he's not working at the ranch for 50 bucks a month and room and board or three square meals or something like that. Now, $50 a month is about 31 cents per hour. Ouch. Right? But they're selling the bull... At the poker game, for $7,500, Tess is trying to get from the bull. Which means if they sell one bull, they can pay the ranch hands 24,000 hours worth of pay or 200 weeks of labor. Well, that's not their only expense. I mean, they have to buy food and they for the animal. I mean, they have to buy feed and they have to buy hay and they have, you know, right? I mean, Right, For but for the discrepancy, it seems like it doesn't seem right. It's almost like they used 50s economy for one figure and 1990s economy for another figure right that bull was really expensive right either the bull was really expensive in the 50s or he was like 50 bucks a week i could see 50 bucks a month i mean i guess room and board and i'm sure that was a salary about then like i said ouch yeah but that would be a good business to go into if the economic situation is really like that okay end of the episode we're getting towards the end right not the buddy holly ending but the end of the story with doc he looks into the mirror to see what he looks like finally, because Al tells him to look in the mirror. He had a disadvantage. Besides the error that's in that scene, he looks in the mirror and Doc's clean shaven. You know, we already established that Sam's always going to be clean shaven because we're seeing his personality. But Doc is clean shaven. So how did he shave, I guess, four or five days in this episode without looking in the mirror? He's got skill. Mad skill. <laughs> <laughs> you can't shave without looking in the mirror? No, I would cut my nose off. Or at least an eyebrow. <laughs> I would lose a sideburn something. And I don't even have sideburn. <laughs> I'd have a reverse mohawk. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was imagining you shaving your head. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'd, I'd be like, okay, just got to use the Nair shampoo. <laughs> See, I don't shave my face. So I don't know the details of that, but... The whole shaving thing in this show is so wonky. Like, yeah. It's been weird every episode. Like sometimes they're clean shaven and they're shaving while they're clean shaven. So we should actually have a section in the podcast called the shaving of this episode. <laughs> this episode's shaving recap. <laughs> oh, you'd have to do the recap. 
this is the razor recap. So how does Sam end up being the best man? Because there's nobody else there. No, there, there was clearly like five unnamed background actors. Um, well, I guess well, they I guess... were named. They were named in the first two minutes of the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Those poor guys. Because he took the challenge and because of all the events that happened, they ended up together. So he had to do with it. and Probably like the right thing to do, I guess. You pick yeah. one of us and the other one will be the best man. <laughs> Whichever one you don't. It's yeah. Like well, a backup. Well, that's why they have the best man stand next to the groom. Because if the groom leaves, you just move over one spot. Okay. I have more evidence of my burger theory is what I'm calling it. Your burger theory. Remind, uh, remember I was talking about Dr. Burger and then there was a burger. burger right. And like every episode, there's a connection to another episode. Mm-hmm. In Starcrossed, as they were pulling into the gas station, the music playing in the car was The Day the Music Died. Right. And the song The Day the Music Died was written about the plane crash that killed Richie Valens, the big bopper, and you know, a few other people that I don't remember their names, and Buddy Holly. Oh, wow. So we have the music about Buddy Holly dying. And then in this episode, Pard, Buddy, is revealed to be Buddy Holly at the end. I totally didn't know that that was what that song was about. I really think I'm on this episode and I'm super excited. I can't wait to see what's coming. That's really cool. That, that See, I I was wondering what your, your theory was going to be for that one. Because I didn't see anything. But I didn't remember the song and I didn't know all that background. But that's a really cool... It's cool that you discovered a connection. Like I had that. I had no idea, but this is the first time I marathon the series, so all this stuff's still in my, you know, less long term memory. It's all in your Swiss cheese brain. Yes, I have mozzarella. Oh, it's s- stretchy. Um, I just wanted to mention that the title of this episode, "How the Test Was Won," was an obvious tribute to the movie "How the West Was Won." Have you ever seen that movie? No, me neither. Oh, really? Yeah, really. I know it's a movie, but I haven't got a chance to see it. I edited uh, my cues on all our streaming services, but I have not yet got a chance to watch it. See, that's not normal that we both haven't seen one. No, that's why I wanted to mention it, because that never happens. Wow. I'm excited about that. (laughs) But I don't don't feel so bad. (laughs) I was never into westerns before my obsession with Firefly. Yeah, well, they're kind of, it's like a spacey western. Space western, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping there's just like aliens in this, how the west was won, but we'll see. Dad, why are you dressed up as a space cowboy? <laughs> we are now officially able to dun, dun, dun. share our great news with you. Yay! Heather and I have been hired by TV Talk to do TV talk shows on The Vampire Diaries and Castle. Yay! So exciting. Very exciting. Love Vampire Diaries, love Castle, love Nate Handful Ion. <laughs> I need a door ref. I need summer holder. If you don't know what TV Talk is, you go to tvtalk.com or go to tvtalkapp.com and download the app. It's a great new app. Starting in mid-September, when all the new fall shows premiere, there's going to be at least 50 different shows about possibly your favorite television show. If you're not into The Vampire Diaries or Castle, one, you should get into them, but two... Currently, there's about a dozen different shows on there worth checking out. And uh, can anyone say Doctor Who? Yeah, they do a great Doctor Who. Yeah, Daryl and Cheryl. And True Blood's on there. True Blood. I like the True Blood show. Okay, so on the TV Talk app currently, um, there will be more. America's Got Talent, Big Brother, Breaking Bad, Continuum, Covert Affairs, Dexter, Hell on Wheels, Rookie Blue, So You Think You Can Dance, Suits, The Bridge, 
The Newsroom, Under the Dome, which is a great show. I love that show. But also the TV talk show is awesome too. American Idol, Body of Proof, Bones, Burn Notice, Dancing with the Stars, Defiance, Doctor Who, Elementary, Falling Skies, Game of Thrones, Longmire, Mad Men, NCIS, Once Upon a Time, Person of Interest, Revenge, Revolution, Rizzolian Isles, Royal Pains, Smash, Survivor, The Americans, The Apprentice U.S., The Bachelorette, The Following, The Killing, The Voice, The Walking Dead, Touch, True Blood, Warehouse 13, and Zero Hour. And that's just the ones you can listen to now, but starting in a few weeks, there'll be so many more. The basic concept for the app that works on iOS, Android, and your computer is watch, talk, listen. So you watch your favorite show, and then after it's over, you can hit the talk button and leave your comments about the show. And the next morning, the TV talk show will be in your TV talk app, so you can listen to it on the way to work and uh, have so much more information on your favorite show that you can talk around the water cooler about. You can be the one up on all the information. The comment you leave could be played at the end of the show. So you get to listen to yourself, which is kind of cool to listen to yourself over the air. What's cool about this is, I mean, obviously we have our podcast here, but it this new app makes it so much more accessible. You have all the shows that you watch in one spot. You don't have to go to different podcasts. You don't have to download, you know, different people. You have access to all those shows I just listed to listen to what people think about it. And instead of calling or emailing or commenting on on a website, you can just hit the button on your phone and record, which is awesome because there's no other app that's made everything so easy to do. It's so much more connected this way, but it's so cool to be a part of it. It's really awesome. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. Just so you can have some more information on TV Talk, we're going to play this promo for it. Hey, TV fans, TV Talk connects you with your favorite TV shows like never before. The exciting brand new TV Talk app is here. The TV Talk app brings you fun and informative reviews and info related to your favorite TV shows. Delivered to your smartphone, tablet, or PC every morning. With the free TV Talk app, you can hear what other fans think and even submit your own review clip. The TV Talk app lets you share your feedback clip to Facebook or Twitter so your friends can join in the conversation too. Visit www.tvtalk.com. And download the free TV Talk app today. I hope you will join Heather and I for Vampire Diaries and Castle. Yeah, I'm excited because I like both of those shows and it'll, and they're so different. <laughs> that it'll be cool to do both. I'm so excited we got Castle because I'm such a Bronco. Yeah, well, I like Vampire Diaries, so I mean, I like both. I, I like both shows, but it's cool that we got shows that we really like. I'm just very excited about the whole situation and I can't wait for you to download the app. Go to tvtalkapp.com on your smartphone and it'll know which operating system you have and it'll bring you to the app store. So uh, just try it out. Uh, And uh, again, I recommend Doctor Who. That's a good one because uh, a lot of us watch Doctor Who and uh, it's just nice to go through the whole season like I did. I I marathoned the TV talk shows of Doctor Who. Yeah, I I did the same thing. I did... True Blood, Under the Dome, and Doctor Who. I, I marathoned those episodes, and they were really cool. Heather, we have some feedback. I love this part. All right, this is a voicemail from Marcus D'Ambrose. Um, he had written in an essay before, but we're hearing from him again, which is great. This time, we actually get to hear his voice, so that's exciting. Hello, Albie and Heather. This is Marcus D'Ambrose. I'm calling to thank you both for sending the Quantum Leap comic book, Innovation Number 9, which has 
probably the coolest cover of all the comic books. So thank you for that, and thanks a lot, Heather, for uh, reading my long essay on the last podcast. It was very cool. And I did have one comment about something that was discussed in the last podcast for the right hand of God, which was uh, they were going to open up a, what was it, a donut shop? Yeah, a donut shop. And you were like, what would be a good name that's a combination of a stripper and a boxer? And I think that Heather suggested something involving a hole. So I have it for you guys, hole punchers. That's right. All right. Well, thanks a lot, and I love the podcast. Looking forward to the next one. You take care. Bye. <laughs> That's very funny. Hole punch. Yeah, I like that. We didn't think about that. <laughs> Not at all. You, you thought about the hole part, but I didn't connect it with the punch part. Yeah. Way to go, Marcus. Yeah, Marcus, uh, I dig him. He's smarter than us. No. <laughs> He's smarter than the average podcaster. <laughs> love hearing feedback. And again, the way to give us audio feedback is either send an audio file, wave, MP3, Ogvorbis, are there other ones? I have no idea what word you just used. Is that a real word? Are you <laughs> making up words no, again? real words. Um, to email them to quantumlypodcast at gmail.com, or you can call our voicemail and leave a voicemail at 707-847-6682. Speaking of Marcus D'Ambrose, his essay inspired us to have a feedback question for this podcast. Has Quantum Leap ever inspired you to make a difference in someone's life? And how? And you can send your responses to quantumleappodcast at gmail.com or send us a voicemail to answer that question too. And please join and like our Facebook at facebook.com slash quantumleappodcast. Please follow us on Twitter to get the latest and greatest information on the Quantum Leap Podcast. You will get immediate notifications when our new shows are up and you can follow us at Quantum Leap Pod. And we are looking for a volunteer for the Quantum Leap Podcast. Right now we are looking for a transcriber to transcribe our podcast for the hearing impaired so they can join our community also. If you are good at transcribing and are looking to help out the show, we would love for you to volunteer. You can get more information by going to quantumleappodcast.com and checking out our frequently asked questions page. For those of you using your iOS device or your computer, go on to iTunes and give us some five-star reviews. We love reading reviews and it'll help people get turned on to our podcast. And, of course, the easiest thing to do is tell two friends about the Quantum Leap Podcast. And they'll tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends. <laughs> Here's a reminder for our current essay contest. Um, the subject being what Quantum Leap means to me. You can send in your essays to our email at quantumleappodcast at gmail.com. And you will win a Quantum Leap comic book number nine up against a stone wall. We've had, what, two winners so far? Yes, Care Bear and Marcus D'Ambrose. And we love reading essays um, and any kind of feedback. So the essays are really cool because we'd like to know how Quantum Leap impacted your life and what it means to you. So, What's the Quantum Leap comic book about? Um, Sam Beckett leaps into the body of a woman he sent to prison 12 years ago. Swept into the too trendy New York social scene of 1969, Sam must defend a supermodel from police harassment and finds himself caught up in the beginnings of the gay rights revolution. It was published in January 1993 by Innovation. When you send in your email, just put essay in the subject line and we'll know that's what it's for. Did you notice any like goof ups or mistakes in this episode? Well, in the mirror, Doc is wearing glasses, but Sam isn't. So why would his hat and clothes show up, but not his glasses? That makes a lot of sense. Why wouldn't they? My thought is it would 
throw off Sam's appearance too much. I guess Sam had good vision when Doc didn't, so he didn't think about it. But then how did they go on? Like, did we just miss him putting the glasses on? And since we're seeing Sam, not Doc, that's why we're seeing him without glasses on? Yeah, I think it's a creative license kind of thing. Okay. Then why are we seeing the hat on him? Well, because that like pulls off the cowboy thing. But I think Sam with glasses wouldn't work. It would be confusing to us, I think. Okay. Or they tried it and Sam was like, dude, these glasses are hurting my head. Or Scott Pacula was like, I can't. These glasses suck. Captain Archer. Yeah. Anything else about this episode, behind the scenes wise? Um, we got a little history. Sam inspires Buddy Holly with the lyrics to Peggy Sue. In truth, however, the title was named after Peggy Sue Guerin, or Jaron. I apologize if I'm butchering that. The girlfriend of Cricket's drummer, Jerry Allison. In August 1956, Buddy Holly would have been 19 years old and have already teamed up with his band, The Crickets, and signed up with a record label. Peggy Sue was released as a single in July 1957. Curiously, Holly's other famous hit, Oh Boy, is not referenced in this episode, despite this being Sam Beckett's regular catchphrase. Is that ironic or is that just... Oh boy. <laughs> um, I had no idea. Like, watching the episodes, I figured they figured out that this is could have happened, but I guess not. Yeah. I still, even though now I know the truth, I still like to believe that Sam had influence on the song. Yeah. Peggy Sue. Uh, well, it wasn't supposed to be, like, historically accurate, was it? I mean, like, it's a fictional show, so if they're not, the facts aren't completely right, it's not the end of the world. I don't blame anybody because there was no internet back then, so you couldn't really look something up unless it was in a book in a library. Yeah, there was no Google. How did people live without Google? They just asked their Aunt Mildred how to make a cake instead of watching a video on it. I love Google. I love, yeah. Unless Bing wants to sponsor us, like The Vampire Diaries, season one. Yeah, then I will love Bing. That's fine. Are you excited about next week's episode? I'm always excited about next week's episode. (laughs) It's called Double Identity. Hmm. What could that possibly mean? Two leaps. Ooh, two leaps. That's a good guess. And if I'm lying, I'm dying. Thanks, Frankie. He was terrific. If I'm lying, I'm dying. 65, LBJ's president. I'm in trouble here. I'm a mafia hitman. No, Frankie is. I gotta leave out of here before Gino finds out that Frankie's a guy beating his time with Teresa, capiche? Oh, God, now I'm Don Gino. So next time on the Quantum Leap podcast, we'll be talking about double identity. So I hope you join us. Thanks for leaping with us on this episode of the Quantum Leap podcast. Once again, I'm Heather. And I'm Albie. Do you want to dance? I don't dance. Uh Uh-huh. I try so hard, my dear, to show that you were my every dream. Yet you're afraid each thing I do is just some evil scheme. A memory from your lonesome past keeps us so far apart. Why can't I free your doubt? Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Quantum Leap Podcast. Go to quantumleappodcast.com to listen to new episodes. The Quantum Leap Podcast is not affiliated with Belisarius Productions or Universal TV. 
follow us on Facebook and Twitter to get behind-the-scenes information, exclusive content, and to be notified first when a new episode is available. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Quantum Leap podcast, Baron Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. The Quantum Leap podcast is edited by Albie. The Quantum Leap universe and all it contains is property of Belisarius Productions and Universal TV. No infringement is intended. The Quantum Leap podcast is a Baron Space production. You'll never know how much it hurts to set it right. Yes. So basically when people are listening in their car, um, like either I'm sitting next to them or I'm sitting on top of them. But I think most people would rather you sit on top of them than me sit on top of them. It depends on who it is, I guess. I don't think so. One, I'm heavier. Two, you're more, much more beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I think... <laughs> See, it's not just me. <laughs> I think... Hmm, I do, you, do you think? I think. I'm restarting because I got... No, I got to edit. Reboot. Hmm. So, not so. Cancel so. So, not so. Stop it so. Okay. Yeah, but... Yeah, but so um, but um, stupid but um. I think they definitely have defiantly. You're a post hole digger. You're a post hole digger. You ain't messing with no post hole digger. (laughs) What I found on Google. Can I say that? I mean, or you want me to just read? Well, Bing didn't advertise with us this week. Oh, okay. So you can go with Google. It's got Swiss what pl- cheese brain. <laughs> it's from all the time travel. <laughs> so I already mentioned the mm, no so no so once again and uh, oh, wow. hold on what was I saying oh. something important no I'm just looking <laughs> I up thought there was brain. like a bug <laughs> no I'm looking in my brain that's how I look at my brain it's pretty it's like three feet around me so I just gotta like look at it and, you know if I look at it I you I find your keys it. in there <laughs> no that's why it's out of the area. <laughs> So, Al being a horse whisperer at the end, trying to... Albie. Oh, Al being a... Al Cavici being a... Horse whisperer, as in, like, horse... His throat is horse? He's a horse whisperer? Because <laughs> like, that's how you spelt it. Ho- horse and a horse are two different things? Yeah. Damn spell check. <laughs> Damn you spell check. But it's funny, because it's, like, the defiantly thing. Are they spelt the same? No. no. But do they, they sound the same. Yeah, so but, but it, you put he was a horse whisperer like huh. <laughs> well, Al had a problem with his voice. He just couldn't talk right, but it's okay. Only person that knew was Sam. <laughs> he was a horse whisperer. <laughs> I blame autocorrect. It's an iOS product. Uh, it's funny, but it's funny that it's the same. Th- like I knew what you meant, but it's funny that it's a thing. Uh, autocorrect, I didn't reread it. I will defiantly wear this shirt. Defiantly. That, I admit, was my fault. <laughs> that was another one that was funny. Okay. Go on. Al Kavici. <laughs> Is that his name? <laughs> <laughs> they don't usually drop the boat like that, but... Uh... But um, I suck at thinking. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Just use your Brian. <laughs> it's my Swiss cheese brain from time traveling. <laughs> my new excuse for everything um there's a fine fine line how's that go i don't know okay <laughs> where did that from anyway um 
I can hear that. That's weird. Sorry. It's like I got. I didn't uh, know that. It's like I got uh, hearing aids. Hey. <laughs> just carry this around all the time with everybody. Yes. Excuse me. Can you say that again, please? This on just... my back. <clears throat> okay. Like if you're not in the Vampire Girls. <laughs> <laughs> if you are in the Vampire Girls, <laughs> right. then there's okay. a totally different app for that. <laughs> okay. Ask to add us. <laughs> you're asking you're asking oh. being cold i know i know once i said it i realized we're good very good job <gasps> i didn't hit record shut the f- <laughs> shut the front door shut the front door okay um, think it might be the hog collar no it's not hog collar collar whatever you say doc